All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood. And the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, are they're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right. Um, you know, I'm excited for this one today because this is uh, when I say like there are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. This is certainly somebody that really personified that for me because I got to work with this person uh, in my daily job at Docebo. So I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to this person. So let me bring him on to the podcast and talk about it. And this person I met uh, through working, you know, on a project. Uh, she's been a program manager for the last few years at a company called Thinkful and uh, just most recently at a company called Uncork. You know, working on complex projects, customer education projects and partner training projects and, um, you know, uh, technology projects. And, um, you know, she also has a, an awesome background, you know, just with what she does in community service and with, uh, you know, kind of their, uh, the Jewish faith and uh, different um, community projects there. And her children are amazing, amazing artists. So you'll see that as well. Please welcome none other than Emmett Ozar to the podcast. Welcome, Emmett. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know what? Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, it is a, a podcast about selling, but, you know, in a different sense of the word, I think everyone in the workplace does it. And, you know, um, people might look at, um, software engineers or technical people or pro program managers and and say you know how how are those people actually doing that and I think a lot of what we were doing you were kind of selling internally a an idea and a um, you know a lot of times projects start with hey maybe this feels nice and things like that but they don't get anywhere without the help of people really driving them internally so we're going to dig into a lot of that of of what you do and. Um, what you've learned throughout your career. But before I get into all that and just kind of like how you got to to where you are today, I always like to ask people this uh, the signature question. And it is this, um, when you hear the term, if I say to you, Emmett, uh, selling by being human, what does that sentence mean for you? What does that signify for you? And maybe how has that shown up for you in your life and your career? Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, I think for me, like I, I, um, I, I can kind of give this example for from program management, which is um, the way I, I really approach um, the role and, um, and and roles I've been in. Um, which, like to me, the, the the key the the two key terms I I guess I'd say is like trust based influence um, as one and and deep empathy. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of like to what you're saying, we're all, um, we're all like selling something, right? Like to some degree, although we don't think of it maybe that way, right? So, so like a, a great, um, you know, great example is I might have a program that, um, that I'm trying to get off the ground, but I'm not going to be able to do that unless I can get 
people's buy-ins and understand their pain points and, and their needs, um, I'm not going to find the best solution for them. Um, and I'm not going to be able to do that without the support of a lot of people. And the way that I've found, um, that I really believe in and that, that I find is, um, you know, is like kind of win-win across the board is again, building those relationships um, and, and getting people to trust you and understand that you really do, you know, have their and, and other folks' best interests in, in mind. And when you build up that, that trust, um, I, I found that you're able to go a lot farther, um, in, you know, not only in, in, in creating projects or, or, you know, getting programs off the ground, but you're able to establish, you know, relationships deeply in, in a way that if, if you're just, um, transactional, you just can't do that. Um, and, and so for me, um, you know, I really strive to do that in my, in my professional life. Um, and, um, you know, I, of course my personal life too. Um, and I, and I think, um, again, you know, just I'll touch really briefly on that second tenet of, of empathy, um, which is, is, you know, I, I find that I think as humans, we have a tendency to really get in our own heads and think about, you know, things from our own point of view and our perspective and to kind of block out what's going on for other people or what their perspectives are, their points of view, their life experiences and backgrounds. And there's so many things, so many factors that impact us. Um, and if you can't come, uh, you know, to a, a problem with like deep empathy and understanding where somebody else is coming from, and what their motivations are and, and who they are as people and their experiences. And I think it's a lot tougher to, to come to a place where, you know, you can, um, you can move forward as a team or, um, you know, move forward ideas. Um, because ultimately, for the most part, what I found is that really people are pretty much wanting the same thing, right? Like if you're on, if you're on a team uh, or, you know, in a company or, um, married, uh, you probably pretty much want the same goals, right? Like, um, you know, you want your family to be happy and successful, or you want your team to do well. Um, and, and what are often those things that get in the way is, is from, you know, my point of view is, is really just getting really deep and understanding somebody and, and, and feeling as, as much as you can kind of those experiences that they've felt. And, and, and then, being able to take all those experiences and talk about like, well, how can we, how can we work together to kind of move forward in whatever our goals are? Yeah. I mean, you said something I've not heard it phrased that way in a lot of ways, but trust-based empathy, because I mean, you know, we all think, okay, empathy is, is putting yourself into someone's shoes. I always like to say, you know, as, as, you know, the only person that can really be in someone's shoes is that, that them. Um, but a lot of times we just need to believe that person, even if they differ, even if their experience differs from our own. And that's kind of, you know, you almost kind of want to go through life, not like requiring people need to show you respect or show you uh, something before you trust them, but you kind of are risking a little bit of yourself. You're risking, you, you're kind of coming to it saying, look, like we want the same things, right? We probably, we might be, we might get to them in different ways. Like you said, you know, with a relationship personally or, or with people on your project team, they, they ev all of us have different experiences. We have different ways we see the world, right? We, we're, we show up differently. Some of us are maybe more analytical or trend more analytical or some of us trend more compassionate. But at the end of the day, like you, you were saying, like we kind of we all want to get to the same place, like and simplify it. So I think if you kind of come, 
you know, willing to listen, you, you have to risk being, being judged, being, you know, being maybe like, maybe you like are seen as wrong on something, but you, or, or being, um, you know, risk being hurt or risk being, um, you know, uh, just damaged in some way, but, you know, there is no trust that trust doesn't happen unless that risk kind of comes in the beginning. Um, and it's based on, again, the whole goal is, is us getting to a, a place where, you know what, this person's real, Emmett's real, I'm talking to Emmett, I'm talking to Alex, not talking to somebody who's making up some persona of what they, Emmett, you know, I think Emmett wants to see or what I, you know, should, should act like to be in front of them, right? Exactly. And yeah, yeah. And that, I think that requires vulnerability often on our parts and being okay with being the person to maybe the first person to be vulnerable and and open ourselves in that way. Um, But I think that, um, you know, my experience, uh, it's been, I can't think of a time that I've made myself vulnerable and opened myself up and, and it's been, you know, totally dismissed or something like that. Right. I think like, sometimes it's hard for, um, you know, when you're, when you're building relationships, um, you know, to you're, it's scary. Right. Um, and it's hard to be the first person to, to really be real and open up and be vulnerable. But, um, in my experience, it's just, it makes all the difference if you can be brave and and take that step. Yeah. <clears throat> you make a good point because, you know, I have lots of calls with folks and, I love getting on with you because a lot of times people want to get super like buttoned up and they like, you know, I got to be professional. And I think people confuse that with like uh, being like um, very formal. Um, sometimes they, they confuse those two words and you, you always come like, you know, like, like I'm looking, those of you that can see us on video, you'd see a bunch of, you know, children's paintings in the background, which are, there's tons more now, um, you know, um, but, um, you know, you'd see Emmett every day with like a hat on and like a hoodie and just, this is me. Like, I'm not afraid of what you think I look like. I'm not, you know, um, supposed to look a certain way. Maybe you think you look at my name and I'm, you know, a certain way, or maybe my title and I look a certain way. Um, I don't know if you could talk to a little bit about that because I saw you, you also had experience like leading an ERN group maybe at your company. And I don't know if you ever talk about this stuff, but I think we we do care a lot about like, you know, how we're per- perceived, I think a lot of times and you just kind of show up as you and, um, and that does, you know, require some vulnerability. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit about your um, background and personal story um, to, to, you know, help folks put into context, like how you show up and what you think about when you show up in a, in a, maybe a personal setting to maybe create that environment where it is a very, you know, trusting environment first. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think so to, to talk a, a little bit about my background, um, you know, I, I identify as queer and genderqueer. Um, and so, you know, my appearance or maybe my name or whatever might not be, you know, what you expect. Uh, maybe you don't expect my voice to match with my name or, you know, the, um, the way I present myself. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate to, um, work in environments that, um, you know, whether it's with, with coworkers or, or leadership where that's, you know, been, um, been totally embraced. I think part of, um, part of, part of what I've, I've tried to do is, is of course, put myself in situations, um, where, that, you know, that there is that safe space and that is okay. But I, I guess, you know, I, I just don't feel like I can really 
be any other way. Um, like I, I couldn't, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, grow out my hair and, and wear a dress or something and feel comfortable. Um, so it just like would be kind of a, a no go, um, for me to be in, in some kind of space like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, um, I, I think like for me, it's what's really important is, um, is being able to like give back, um, because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a journey and it takes, you know, a long time to kind of go over some of those, uh, I don't know, like societal, um, you know, expectations and get really comfortable with who, who I am, um, or, you know, who other folks show up as. And, um, so, you know, it's important for me to, um, to try to kind of pay that forward in some ways, whatever that was, you know, like participating in, um, you know, um, employee groups or, um, you know, other, other kind of community service things I do outside. Um, but I think that, you know, again, it, it's like, I, it, and some, some people are not in, um, like aren't privileged enough to, to be working in places where they can be out. Um, but I, you know, I, I really, um, just felt like I couldn't kind of be any other way. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm very, very lucky to be able to, um, to, to, you know, present how I present and, and for it to be, you know, acceptable and, um, no problem with my, um, you know, with, with my, um, employers and things like that. And I know that that's not the case for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I, you know, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of so used to it that I don't think about it on the day to day, but it is to an extent, um, a part of being, um, vulnerable, I guess. And, and just being like, well, I'm, I'm not going to put on some armor of, um, you know, whatever kind of society thinks I should look like or, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, if that, if, if people aren't okay with that, can't accept that, then, you know, that's, that's too bad. Um, but I, I don't, you know, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's the only way I can live. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, that, that background, that story, because yeah, I mean, I think a lot, I think, I mean, I can only imagine like in the beginning doing that, like, you know, you graduate school at some point you, I, I, I can't even begin to kind of think about how that is, um, to make that big choice to be, you know, like just out, to everyone you come in contact with, not just your personal family, right? Like it's, you know, it, a lot of people may not even know, like, do like, is this person, what is this per like, what, like that sort of thing. Um, but that's kind of put to the wayside, right? Because that's not important. That's that it's not really important. Um, but it is who I am. It's, it's not important in one sense, but it's extremely important that I do this for me. I'm not doing this you know, for you or to fit in necessarily, I'm doing this to present as who I am inside. And, and you don't know any, I think you said, I don't know, I wouldn't know any other way to be like, if they, you know, you, you were, you did say like, Hey, you got to clean yourself up. You got to, you know, wear a dress or something. You're like, peace, you know, that's, that's not for yeah. me. Um, but so, um, that does take a lot of strength though. Like you said, at, at some point you don't think about it, but it, it's still there, right. When new people meet, they, there maybe is this thing that the, that they don't know how to they tiptoe around things they don't know how to talk about it so at, at some point maybe you you just rip a bandaid off and make a joke or something like that about your partner or your you know your um uh just you know just you know who you are and and then it's um you know it's it's all good or something but i don't know 
kind of how yeah, you've, how you've had situations where you've had to realize, oh, this person's obviously trying to figure me out. And maybe you're, <clears throat> you, um, take the first step in trying to make it easier for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm an open book. Um, so there's like <laughs> no, no stupid questions. And yeah. I'm always like, you know, I'm always open to, you know, people asking anything. Um, I, and for me also, it's, um, another piece of, of like, you know, presenting the way I present and everything. I, I think I also, there's a small piece of like hoping that that allows somebody else to also feel like they can, they can take those steps as well. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know, I, I guess you, you kind of think, oh, you know, there's so, so far we've come and, um, you know, and, and I guess, um, in tech and, you know, it, it tends to be, or, and, and also probably education, right. Um, it tends to be more open, uh, but, you know, not everybody is, um, you know, living in a place where they feel that's true. Um, and so, um, you know, if, if I feel like I can, um, help one other people be like, oh, that's, that's who I, that's who I feel like I am inside or that, that person is, you know, um, presenting in a way that I feel like that's how I would want to present. Um, and that, that helps them feel like there's somebody out there, um, you know, besides just the way that they're feeling, then, you know, that's, that's, that's great too. Um, it's, it's, you know, to, to, to be able to, um, be visible, I think is so important. Um, and, uh, I, I, I'm going to take like a, a small little controversial, um, sidestep here just to say that, like, I think, um, uh, in a lot of ways, like when people started coming out, um, like, you know, really, especially in the eighties, um, you know, when, um, you know, like HIV and AIDS, um, you know, was starting to, um, people starting to, to learn about that. And, um, there was, you know, this movement to like come out of the closet, um, to, you know, um, to, to speak up. And I really think that that changed things in a lot of ways, um, for, for queer people, because all of a sudden, you know, when you, if you were ashamed or you didn't tell anybody, right. Like, of course there was really tough things about coming out, but, um, you know, people lost their families and really, really, horrible things getting kicked out and that still happens. But, but I think it changed the dynamic in society where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I can't deny that this is my neighbor or this is my friend or this is my kid or this is my whatever. And of course I love them and I'm going to support them. Um, and, and like, I think that really in some ways was a huge moment to, to kind of turn the tides that were, you know, um, that, you know, that, that people weren't supportive of, of queer folks, um, or trans folks. And, um, and in some ways I, I, I see that as like, um, in, to some degree, kind of like the, the situation with, um, like abortion rights these days, this is where I'm taking my turn for the controversial, uh, which is actually really not that controversial just to say is that like, um, when you have something that you feel shameful, whether that's, you know, identifying as, as queer or, um, you know, or in, in, you know, this case of like, you've had an abortion, um, and, and you feel shame about it and you're not out about it, then people don't have this opportunity to like confront something that's different or, you know, that, that it, it's just like, oh, those people out there, right. That don't exist. But like, if, if a, a lot of people that have been in situations where they've needed to have abortions have, have come out and talk about it 
that might change people's perceptions. Um, and I, I think we're seeing that kind of more and more with, um, you know, with what happened with Roe versus Wade recently. Um, but I think that that's, again, back to that, it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to, um, to talk about things that have, you know, maybe been in society more taboo. Um, but only in, in opening, you know, yourself up if you can, um, can you start to see kind of, I think, bigger change start to happen. Um, but, but then also like on that personal level, right? Like, um, you know, just, just me being open or opening myself up, you know, maybe allows the conversation to happen that might not have. And, and maybe somebody that was like, I don't know about that, or I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. So all of a sudden like, oh, you know, like, okay, you know, like, like, I like you, like that, that's cool. Like, you know, and, and, um, and maybe that, that kicks off something, you know, internally. Um, but I think, you know, often, um, at least with like, you know, probably sales and things like that, it's like, you know, we all get stuck in in a routine. Right. And, um, and it's easy to get like in that rut, but like, we all, I mean, the world is changing regardless if you want to or not, but like, we, we all need change and we all need, you know, things to kind of challenge us and open us, open us up. And, um, so I think like that can really start with being vulnerable, um, with other people. Yeah. You, wow. A lot of things you said there. Um, and I bet you this kind of applies. So it would kind of transition to kind of how this shows up in, in the teams that you've worked on and projects that you've done, but you said something like, you know, kind of like the vulnerability kind of opens people up, right? Like, because it, it's like, I, I saw it a, like a lot on LinkedIn. Like if you have any of you have seen, the last kind of month or so content, a month or two content on LinkedIn, a lot of people shared some really touching, vulnerable stories. There was a lot of, uh, also a lot of trolls and hatred and just bad stuff going on. But I think it also, it just encouraged people. People said, okay, I, I've lived with this story for 20 years, my whole career. I've never told anyone that I got an abortion or I never told anyone that got a multiple abortions. And here's what I thought about it. And, oh, I never told anyone that my mom got one or something, or, you know, I never told, and it was kind of like that thing. And it wasn't like, you know, deeply private. I mean, some of them were, but a lot of it was just, I think this, this, this eagerness to connect with people over like something that, that was part of their identities, right? We have all these like things that are us, right? But we hold them inside and we don't really connect with folks. And um, then we're kind of left with just kind of putting on this other facade of ourselves. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah. I think, you know, I I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not the, you know, what I consider to be kind of a, a, you know, sales expert or anything like that. But I think that people sense if you're not genuine. And I think that, you know, whether, whether it's, um, whether it's like very obvious or not obvious, I think people have somewhat of a, an instinct about that. And, you know, I think people feel like if they don't feel like you're being genuine with them, then they're not going to trust you. And again, it, it really comes back to, you know, trust to building relationships. And um, so like, sure, you know, not every context requires that you, um, you know, just close everything about yourself. Right. But like, um, again, you know, having that vulnerability, um, and, and being open and, and, um, you know, I think really helps build that, that trust, um, in, in relationships and, and hopefully, you know, the empathy goes both ways, right? Like hoping, hopefully you're, you're not only deepening your empathy for, you know, 
your partner. Um, and I, I say partner kind of like loosely of like, whether that's, you know, somebody that you're working with for a sales deal or, or, you know, in your job or your, or your life partner, but, but that you can, when, you know, they, they are, you know, see you being vulnerable, they also can be vulnerable and you can really also, you know, it, it, deepen your empathy going back and forth, right? Like people, uh, o- opening themselves up, I think tends to, um, you know, really help to, to foster that, that connection and, and deepen that empathy. Yeah. So what you just said kind of makes me like think of, and we've had a couple of people talk about this, like the reciprocation that happens, like when people are vulnerable, because people that would normally not, then, you know, if you kind of start with a little bit, then they kind of, uh, will respond. And then, you know, you're in this great conversation. Like you said, you, like, you didn't really think of this necessarily as like a sales tactic or something like that, or, you know, some sales strategy, but I always like to think like, if you can create that kind of environment where like you kind of offer something like off the cuff, maybe about your kids, maybe about your day, maybe about some like, you know, quick story about yourself or like, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be like telling your whole life story about, you know, um, identifying as, as queer, but it could be like something small. And then all of a sudden, like now, you know, months later, we're having this type of a vulnerable conversation. I don't know if you've like, can think of like relationships, maybe at work or other relationships that maybe started out, maybe started out with light, you know, kind of conversation or kind of high level conversation, but then, you know, something kind of shifted where you all were sharing some information and, and, and then all of a sudden, you can kind of feel like a, a little bit of a bond. Maybe it's uh, a team you were on or something like that. Or uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody, um, you know, I think everybody has something that they can relate to with somebody else. Right. Like, so, you know, maybe for some people it's dogs or kids or being queer or, you know, um, where they live or, you know, what they're passionate about hiking or something like that. Like, and I think, um, you know, there, there's lots of cases where, you know, I mean, I, I feel like I interact with all sorts of people, um, you know, in, in many different circumstances and there's always some common ground. And I think that, you know, it's a great place to start, um, where, you know, both people find that common ground and you feel comfortable and it, and it's, it can be the smallest things, right? Like, um, taking, taking walks or whatever, it doesn't have to be some, you know, I mean, like you kind of alluded to, there's a lot of pieces of our identity. It doesn't have to be the most, you know, precious part of our identity or anything like that. But I think it's always a really nice place to start when you find kind of something that you both, uh, you know, are, are interested in or, um, or, you know, passionate about. And, um, it just, again, it, it brings that human element of, yeah, we're, we're just both humans that, and we, you know, we like the same things, uh, or like the same thing. And, and it's just like a great, I think starting place for, for helping people to feel more comfortable and, and open up more. Well, tell me a little bit about what you like for people that might not know, like what program directors do, you know, they're like, okay, program directors, we would never teach them sales, but yet I find that like, if you're working on with teams of people and you have to like, again, bring business cases maybe up top and, you know, get people to buy, you know, to sign off on money uh, investing money in technology, right. And tech. And that's what we were talking about, like kind of, you know, walk, walk me through kind of what, you know, that role typically is and what you've done kind of in the last few years. And then maybe situations that people wouldn't realize it, it, 
you know, is a situation that requires change that you had to, you know, sell someone an idea or you had to, you know, maybe, um, you know, bring up something that, um, you know, was a completely new strategy for the company. And, and, you know, you were kind of leading that charge, maybe give us a, a, give us a peek into what that looks like for you in, in our, in your role as a program director. Sure. Oh, so program manager, program manager um, not, yeah. not, not, not to the director level there, just to clarify. Um, yeah, as a, as a program manager, um, uh, you know, pe- people do a lot of different things in the role. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the work, um, that I do is, um, uh, working, um, the, the programs can be internal or external or, um, or a combination of, of both. Um, and it's often, um, kind of what I think of as, as two pieces is, um, uh, you know, one is kind of a, a project management side that's, that's about, you know, um, getting projects out in the world, um, and, um, you know, helping to make sure there's no blockers and de-risking things and, you know, um, helping push those things forward, you know, especially cross-functionally. So whether it's something that, that, um, you touch as many kind of different things internally and externally. Um, and then of course the, the big, the big side of that, and, you know, you can talk about tools and, and things like that, but to me, that's not the important part. The important part of, of program management is relationships and building those relationships across the team, um, the teams and, um, and, and really, uh, you know, understanding people and, and kind of where they are and um, how you can, to me, really make improvements um, and, and, um, and make people's lives, you know, better and easier um, and, and, you know, less frustrating. And so like the, you know, the thing that I, that I'm constantly thinking about is like, you know, what are people's pain points? What, where, where, where's the bottleneck? Where are people frustrated? And like, what can I do as a program manager to ease that? Um, and, you know, hopefully it's ways to automate things and, and, you know, um, tooling can, can be, you know, key in that, but, um, that's really what I think of, uh, for, for, you know, um, when I think about like, what do program managers do? I imagine that like when you worked on different teams, right. At like both roles in your past few roles, there's people that, don't look like you. They may not have the personality they or the background experiences. Maybe they are more closed off or tough to read uh, and maybe tough to, to kind of really understand like what their pain points are, their bottlenecks are, right? Like, and, and it's a struggle to, to do that. I, I, I can only think that with all the projects and programs that you're supporting, whether it's internal external programs, you get those people that are just that you just have to work a little bit extra hard to really maybe they don't even understand what their pain points or problems are and you're coming to to try to shine a light on that can you think of anything that you like have have done or that you your your general approach to to folks when you're working on a team with someone Maybe it's maybe a more technical person or an analytical person, someone that just maybe isn't, is maybe different to you in terms of your traits and things that may have worked to try to get them to kind of see the problem from a different perspective or to maybe listen a little more intently to what you were talking about. Uh, I don't know if you have any, anything that you can think of or stories you can point to or just overall, overall things that you like to 
like to do? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, the, there's there's kind of two different approaches that I've I've used, um, you know, just depending on um, the circumstance and what the what the problem is, um, and you know who who I'm um, talking to about that that problem, and um, you know I think there's so again the the what I'd say the, the kind of two approaches are is um, you know one is the more kind of analytical approach um, of of really just like you know showing kind of a very obvious thing of like what are the numbers here as an example, right? So like, say you need a new piece of, of software for whatever reason, or, um, say there's like a, um, you know, a a situation where somebody's blocked, um, or, you know, having to do something repetitive or whatever, and, and, you know, building something out would, would fix that. Um, I think it's really easy to, one way to approach that is, is to build that business case in terms of numbers. Um, so it's really easy to point to and say like, well, if we get this software instead of this software, we're going to save X amount of money, right? And that's like a pretty easy case, right? Because everyone wants to save money or, um, or you know, uh, like, look, this is how much time we spend on doing this task every day. And if we, you know, use this approach, we're going to cut that in half. Well, that's going to save people time, times money, you know, things like that, right? Um, so those are like, in my mind, um, you know, easier ways to kind of build up a, a case, um, the other approach is is really just um, I think the more um, what I'd say is like that I would say that's like the quantitative approach, but then there's like the qualitative approach, right? Which is like helping people to understand um, at, at a at a deeper level um, like what people are experiencing. So, like as an example, you know, when I was talking about like, well, if we automate this, then people will save time, right? Like, but then there's also the human approach of like well, you know, this person is really miserable having to copy and paste all the stuff that they're doing right now. And it's like, not only is it wasteful on their time, but it's like, they're not really having a great experience. Um, and, and, and it's really boring for them. And they, they've got so many other things they need to do, but they're just stuck with doing this. Um, and, and trying to shed the light again on, you know, a person's experience um, and, you know, what they're going through, um, kind of, again, that that empathy piece. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the, that's kind of the two-pronged approach that I've used. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I, I'm, I'm, it seems obvious to go the quantitative route. Some people lean on that, like, yeah, we're going to save X amount of dollars and people can see that or the future costs, but people neglect that just quantitative, that just that human element of it. It's like most most companies uh, do care if people are just like, I I like the word miserable, like really like tough words. Like they're just totally checked out. They just dread having to do these tasks because they're, 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 they're completely things that should and could be automated. They are things that are not super creative to them or fun for them. And they are, they're just, apart from like the saving them time because yes it could save them time it's just this this person is 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 checking out because that they have to do it they're just they're getting farther away from our company and i i'm almost afraid that we're going to maybe lose them because they feel burnt out because they're doing these tasks and it's kind of like we and some people just go into well they don't care it's just like get the work done and talk to us later like it's like that's your job and like suck it up sort of thing but most people do don't want like like t- 
teammates to feel hurt and to like have an emotional, like just a huge negative emotional reaction to doing things uh, for the most part. I mean, like, yes, I'm sure there's leaders that are just working people to the ground and no matter what, but for the most part, I feel like leaders do care. They do care about what their people under them are experiencing. And if you can kind of combine both and say, not only are we losing time and money, yes, we're like losing a, like a, out on a person here that is like, you know, really suffering, uh, you know, kind of um, because we don't have X, Y, Z, right. And people go, oh, wow. If they're suffering, I never knew they were, it would, the problem was so big. I never knew they were miserable. I, I knew it was work, but I didn't know it was just like totally debilitating, which a lot of times like, you know, something is right. When, when, it, when, you know, it can be, it can be automated and when you know a piece of technology can can solve a lot of that work right you're like why yeah. am i here <laughs> you know yeah 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 um well cool i guess uh you know kind of like if you, if you just kind of had to kind of wrap things up i know you're coming off a, a period of transition where you're you were t- we were telling me earlier before this you're like i'm glad that like you're kind of like embarking on this new chapter over the last few months, you're kind of moving from one company into, into another. And um, what are you learning yourself? Like in this process as someone that's not a pure, you know, kind of like salesperson necessarily, but in like interviews daily that they're just like, we, we gotta just say like some, like a lot of times the job search process, it sucks. The recruiting process, it can suck. There's just a lot of unknowns and, but you're still, very much trying to sell yourself on a daily basis and your backgrounds, anything that like you felt like, like you leaned on like, well, things you did really well. And and, and maybe even things you just learned throughout the process that really uh, helped you get through. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, um, I, I think the, the, the big thing is that, you know, I've, I struggle with, um, is selling myself. And you really have to do that, right? Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna sit around and say, well, like, uh, you know, I'm okay. I do all, you know, all right. Right. Like the, you know, if you, if you're, if you're trying to be modest in, in a, a job interview, like, or, you know, an application or something like that, you're not, I mean, first of all, you're not doing yourself justice. Right. But then also like, if you're, if you're, you know, again, you're, you're just trying to be modest, but somebody's gonna be able, that wasn't very impressive. Right. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, if, if they're not that excited about themselves, why should I be excited about themselves, you know, about them either. Right. Um, so I think like it's, it's changing that mentality that, um, to, to a degree I think is like societally learned, um, especially I think for, for women, um, that like, you know, you're, you're supposed to, you're not supposed to like, you know, brag or, you know, show off or say about like how great you are. Um, so it's, it's a matter of like, uh, like kind of turning that off and like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to be like, I'm going to just brag about all of my amazing accomplishments, you know, um, necessarily either. Um, although like, you know, hopefully people feel that they can do that. Um, but, but just means like, let me, let me be comfortable with highlighting the things that I, I have done and, and that I can really talk about. Um, and I think another piece of that is, is actually realizing what you've achieved. I think sometimes we're in our day to day, right. And we're just, 
we're so uh, we're so just kind of like going through things and, and, you know, whatever projects or whatever that we forget to take that long view. We forget to turn around and say, wow, look at that hill we climbed or that mountain we climbed. Like, wow, that's really amazing. That's really impressive. Like we forget to pat ourselves on the back. You know, it's so human, um, to, to like, you know, basically like set a goal and then, and then like finally get to that goal and only take like one minute to just be like, ah, before we, you know, like, like, wow, that was great before like setting another goal. It's just like human, I feel like, to like always be trying to get to that next thing or that next level or that next whatever, instead of really like turning back around and like looking at that journey and like really deeply being like, you did amazing. That was awesome. Like, you know, like, and, and we can't expect that anybody else is going to do that for us. Like, it's great when they do, but, you know, you have to, I think, take that, that time to see like, or that moment to be like, wow, I've really accomplished a lot. I've achieved a lot. And that doesn't have to be, you know, I've published the book like Harry Potter or, or I've starred in some movie or whatever, right? Like huge, like really huge things. But like, I feel like we are so quick to dismiss wins, right? Like, and I, I actually think that in my experience, a lot of salespeople are really good about that. But then on the other hand, like, I, I feel like people are really good about being like, yes, you did awesome. Like, congrats. But then I've also heard the like, um, what is it? Uh, you're only as good as your last win or something yeah, like yeah, that. Sale, yeah. And which is, which is also like very much anti that, right. Cause then you're like, well, I'm never that great. Cause I only, now I have to look to the next thing. Yeah. And like, when is that going to be? Um, and I, I think it's so crucial for sustaining, um, like a sense of, um, you know, gratitude and, and a sense of like, feeling really good about what we've done to, to look back and, and reflect on those achievements, however small they are. It's easy again to dismiss small ones. And so anyway, so it's taking all those things. And like, I think one cool thing was, you know, um, really re to, to, for me to take that time. Like I hadn't taken that time to reflect on the, like all the things I had done. It was like, wow, I actually have done a lot. That's crazy. Like, I just didn't, think about it. Like I didn't think about all these new, you know, skills that I had learned over the past couple of years or all the things I've done. And so sitting down and like actually putting that to paper was like, wow, I really have achieved a lot. And I have a lot to talk about, a lot to share of, of all the things that I've done. And so I'm going to do that now. Right. It's like, like, okay, now that I've, I've, I've seen and acknowledged that and like, been like, wow, okay, cool. I have done a lot of cool things. Like now I'm going to be able to speak to those things and feel comfortable and confident in speaking to those. Um, and I mean, you know, that's, that's just another, another skill that you have to, um, I think work on, um, to, you know, not only feel comfortable uh, about, um, you know, talking about those things, right. Public speaking is its own thing, but like, also just like, you know, being confident and like, wow, I have really done a lot. I, I, I do have a lot of things that I can, um, that I can share and, and bring to the table. Um, and, and just, you know, feeling comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was, you made me think because I totally agree because I, I like how you said that if you don't pat yourself on the back or look how far you've come or do that, like you're, no one's going to do that for you. Like you have to be the one to do it. And we sometimes do it in life transitions and job transitions. If we're looking for a new job or we're like looking for a new opportunity, or if we're uh, like going for something, we have to state our case, but it's, it's something you could do like throughout your career. It doesn't have to be maybe a, a, a like a, a, a career transition event that causes us to do it. I think it just, it, it's okay. It, like it should be normalized. It should be okay Absolutely. to tout yourself and brag about yourself, not every day or all the time to everyone you meet, but just that 
like talking about yourself is okay. It, it doesn't have to be frowned upon, um, obviously in moderation, but like people are eager to hear about your story. Like if you don't pat yes. yourself on the back, who else will? Because no one else knows you as well as you. So like, like when, when you say, Hey, this is the last three things that I've done. Like, th- these are the things that I've done. Like, Hey, I just want to make this post and look back at the last few years. I didn't really realize how, how much I've done or I, I've accomplished. And I wanted to, I just wanted to get that out because I didn't, no one else is going to get this out or no one else will know. And, and unless it's me. So uh, for what it's worth, here's what I've done. And, uh, you know, I uh, hope it, hope it helps someone else get enough energy to do it for themselves. And we, we all see, you know, and we all don't look at other people's posts like, Hey, they're, these guys are clearly grandstanding about themselves. Like, okay, what gives be like, just that's awesome, man. You know, kudos yeah. to you. Like, great job. Exactly. Like, awesome. Like, that's great. And, and we encourage more of that versus like, Hey, you know, just tearing, tearing folks down and, criticizing i was uh don't get me started on the guy the the, the crying ceo guy that people were just you know uh, going off on on uh, linkedin about a, a a couple a week or so ago but it's like hey we're, we're more encouraging people to to be vulnerable to to put stuff out there so yeah well as we kind of come to a close i told you we'd ask a fun question about you because i think like we've learned a ton about you throughout this thank you so much emmett uh so this question is going to be different for everyone because i just want people's stories to come out there and on on this podcast and so this is just a fun fun little personal question about you um so if i ask the people closest to you your friends your partner you know, something about Emmett that is just so totally Emmett, something that would only and could only happen to you. It could be a story. It could be a thing you do. What is just so totally you and something that would only and could only happen to you? What, what would they tell me? I think Jess, my partner, um, would talk about I'm a, um, a crossword constructor in my spare time, which is very, very little oh, spare time because wow. uh, I've got that three is... kids and a wife. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, um, I love it. Um, because first of all, what's so cool is, um, I was, I was mentored through, um, there, there's, uh, this lovely human named Eric Agard that started, um, there's a lot of people like us in the pandemic that, you know, we're looking kind of for a new thing. And so crosswords became, you know, something that people really dived into and wanted to learn more about or, or play, you know, for entertainment or, or solve rather. And, um, he, he started this, um, he's an, he's an editor actually of a crossword at USA today, but he started this, um, uh, this, um, like community where you could sign up if you're underrepresented, if you're a person of color, you know, uh, LGBT, um, you know, and, and things like that, where you could get a mentor. And so initially I signed up, I, and I got this wonderful mentor, Matthew, um, who, you know, it, it really, really hammered home to me how much uh, in our lives we need mentors. Because uh, it's so easy. You think, oh, I'm just going to learn this. I'll go online or whatever. But like, man, is it so critical and and in, in so many ways. Um, you know, it makes sense to me why now coaching, there's so many coaches out there because like we need people to mentor us. We need coaches. We need people you know, um, for, for, to grow, um, in, in so many ways. Um, so anyways, um, so I got this really wonderful mentor, um, and, and just the community is so, so lovely, um, and so kind. And, um, 
you know, started, started out very needing a lot of help, let's just say. Um, and I just love it. It's, it's, it's like problem solving, but you know, you're not there. It's in this form that, you know, it's like, you're, you're very, you know, you're trying to fit, how are these pieces going to work? And how am I going to come up with this interesting theme? That's going to seem a little out the box outside the box. And like, it just like touches all these parts of my brain that like feel it's very satisfying. It's very fun. Um, and collaborating with people is of course, lovely. Um, you know, you learn something new from, from every person you collaborate with and, um, it's just been a great experience and just a wonderful hobby to have. And, um, since, um, you know, uh, since I've, I've started doing it, um, I've been published by the New York times, no um, by the Los Angeles times, um, I've in a, a number of, um, local papers, um, and, um, yeah, um, also, a like a, um, subscription, um, crosswords club and, and, and a couple others, but anyways, just to say, you know, it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's not a, um, uh, there, there are some professional crosswords instructors out there. I am not one of them. I, you know, it's, it's I really <laughs> wow. just do it for, for fun, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's, so that, that would be one thing I'd say that would, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, it kind of, I, I feel like in some ways it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I like to solve problems. Um, you know, I like to work with people, um, you know, and, um, it's just been one of those, those great, great things to, um, to find out about yourself. Um, and, you know, um, to, you know, to, for, for me, it's just been, uh, so fun. Just, just, yeah, just been great. That's such a beautiful story. I, lo- I didn't know that, you know, like you just learned so many new things. Here we go. Like to tie it all together. The, the the crossword constructor who doesn't just connect letters she connects with people i, I think is, you is, you, is so true <laughs> New about you. yeah i i i love it you're my first uh I, i'm gonna meet someone that somehow loves crossword puzzles and i'll say that you know you uh you exist and i've met you and and to listen to our podcast together and they'll learn some things emmett you, you've been a pleasure to talk to as always where can people uh, connect with you, learn more about like program management, but also, you know, maybe where your next uh, crossword puzzle might be? Yeah, um, you can ch- connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm not, um, I, that is the only social media I'm on. Um, so yeah, if I search for me on LinkedIn, um, if you want to check out some of the crosswords I've, I've done, they're not all up there, but if you want to if you want to try some of them on my my website, you can go to emmettozar.com and and uh, scroll down and, and find a couple to download and and do. Um, but but yeah, those those are the places, and always happy to connect with people and, and chat. Cool, we're gonna do it, Emmett Ozar. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Alex. On. Hey, gang. All right, wow, you made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.